Welcome to another edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Today is January 4th, 2016, and this is broadcast number 96. For those of you listening live, uh, welcome again to the program, and, and you're coming off the old podcast, with the one we just did with Faith and Practice 20. This one is going to be... Um, in some sense, a promotional discussion about the upcoming GPTS Spring Theology Conference uh, that will be held March 8th through the 10th here in Greenville, South Carolina. Dr. Piper again is in studio to talk about his primary lecture, his two lectures that he's going to be doing there, but but also talk about uh, the over overarching thrust and theme of the conference, given the climate that we currently live in. So, Dr. Piper, it's great to have you back on again. Um, haven't really gone anywhere from the last podcast. We got coffee. That was a good thing. But this is an important subject, um, given what is going on in the United States. And the topic is... Marriage, sex, uh, family, and sexuality. Let me um, read what I wrote here uh, for the brochure as we begin to think about the conference, why we have the conference. Uh, back up one step beyond that. We've said this before, but... We began the conferences, well, actually in, in 1998, with my inauguration, we did a special conference on uh, Southern Presbyterianism and Columbia Seminary. And at that point, a couple of people said, why don't you do this every spring? Well, I'd been thinking about that when I attended uh, Reform Seminary back in the uh, late 60s, in the early 70s, and pastored there. Uh, they did a a February conference that was a mini-conference that was very useful to the church, and I had been thinking about that, for there was really nothing that time of the year. So uh, we took that ball and have gone with it, and we've been doing a conference every year. And we try to address issues that are before the church, either practically or theologically, and we also alternate, try to alternate, maybe not every other year, but between theological issues and practical issues. So recognizing what's happening in the culture, even before the Supreme Court ruling, we had decided to do this conference. And here's what I wrote. With marriage, family, and godly sexuality uh, severely under attack in America, Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary has never offered a more timely conference. Hmm. The church and the world need a biblical answers to the sexual perversions rampant in our culture. More importantly, the church needs to be demonstrate the powerful biblical alternative. In this conference, we will deal with some of the difficulties faced today, homosexuality, transgenderism, pornography. Our main goal is to defend biblical standards for marriage, courting, and relationships between husbands and wives and parents and children. The gospel and the godly home are the most powerful antidotes to the perversions of our day. In a special presentation, we'll review the life and thinking of one of the great gospel preachers and theologians of the past, John Owen. So that's an overview of the conference and why uh, we're, we're doing it and uh, some of the things that, that we're going to uh, address in the conference. Yep. And, and for those of you who've never been to a, 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 the, a Greenville Theological uh, Greenville Conference, um, again, the dates are March 8th through the 10th. Um, there's an open house here at the, here at the seminary. Um, if you've never been here, you, you should come uh, see the building. Uh, it, we've had the building, what, five or six years now, and it's it's a great facility. Um, but we have an open house here from 9 till 1045 in the morning. And there's a pre-conference chapel here at the seminary as well. And, and I don't know who's speaking at that because it doesn't say. Well, uh, 
right now I'm scheduled to preach, but there's a very uh, good uh, African pastor that's going to be in the area, and we've been asked if we uh, would have him. So I'm in the process of the host church talking to them and finding out if that could happen. But we always will have, have preaching then. Also, Bill, as you remember, in connection with the conference, we do our uh, prospective student mm-hmm. uh, conference. And last year we changed that and made it yet a more formal uh, time. And so uh, this begins Monday uh, and is Monday uh, through Tuesday when the uh, uh, other conference begins. Yeah, and it's, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's where the stu- – if you're a prospective student, student, you can actually sit in on live classes and uh, – That's um, what I'm it, trying to say. Yeah, Thank sorry. You. That's yeah. all right. And come to the other conference then for free. For free. Yep. So it's ten bucks. I think we commit to providing uh, lodging for any prospective students that register uh, in advance. So you go to live classes, interact with students and professors. There's a special uh, lunch in the student commons on Monday. It begins with that, and then there's a panel discussion uh, later. Uh, where students learn more about the seminary and can get their uh, questions uh, answered. So we've always had uh, a good turnout from that, and I would think almost every year we've had some student at the conference and the prospective student conference ends up coming to the seminary uh, the next year. So it's a great week, uh, and just really encourage uh, all of you all to, uh, to get here, but we also ask you to pray. Mm. Uh, for us, that God will make it effective. Yep, absolutely, and 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 also um, RHB Reformation Heritage Books does uh, our bookstore, which is always a big hit. Um, well, anyway, you just come to the conference. The bookstore is amazing. The bookstore is amazing. <laughs> uh, for years, we moved our bookstore over there, and yeah. the students did all this work, and that was a Herculean task. But this will be the third or fourth year yep. that Reformation Heritage Books. <coughs> They give their same discounts, and they do a remarkable job with the bookshop. And then we have a number of vendors that are here of Reformed Works. Usually Banner Truth um, is here and usually has some giveaways there as well, as well as other Reformed uh, ministries. I think um, Creation Ministries International will have a table uh, this year. Bible Works. (laughs) Bible Works. Mm -hmm. uh, The uh, Youth Worldview Conference up in Tennessee. And so it's very good networking. And then the seminary, uh, on Wednesdays, we have uh, special presentations after lunch, one for churches looking for ministers. We try to hook up pastors or graduates. Uh, Another one for interns. Uh, And then there's always an alumni meeting that Mm -hmm. takes place. Uh, So we get a lot done in a very short period of time. And then on Wednesday nights, there's a men's fellowship time that's uh, always a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely. Always look forward to that. Um, and this is all held at the the newly remodeled um, Woodruff Road Presbyterian Church. And those who've been to the conference throughout the years know some of the difficulties was that we've had there with sound and hearing. It's all better. It's it's a, a totally redesigned sanctuary. Um, I know you don't like that word. But <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. So a totally redesigned area to listen to the lectures. To worship. Um, but it's 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 fantastic um, and um, uh, really thankful really for is. their I don't think we had venue. Any compl- Last year was the first year, and as far as I know, we had no complaints. Yep. 
uh, about the acoustics, either yep. from difficult, hard to hear people or from other people as well that were sitting in dead. Sp- there are no dead spaces, as best as I know. No, it's it's that. it's totally. Totally different um, venue. So come and enjoy um, all the aspects, the fellowship, the interacting with uh, brothers and sisters and listening to good lectures, which leads us to what Dr. Pipe was going to be doing, um, the opening lecture, um, which I'm actually surprised by um, as I look at the schedule. But anyway, Dr. Pipe was going to be doing the opening lecture. I'm used to you being at night. So um, you are at night on one. But um, anyway, the first one is really – critical because it, it, it sets the tone really for the entire conference, I think. Um, and Dr. Pipe is going to deal with the issue of marriage. Now, if you're paying attention to what's going on in the world, you know that this subject from a biblical worldview is under severe attack by the enemy. And so Dr. Pipe is going to speak on God's design for marriage, which is? Well, this, as Bill just said, this is why we're having all the problems uh, that we're having. And the uh, uh, erstwhile autonomy of the culture, uh, when men want no authority but their own, uh, they've lost any basis for uh, any institution. Mm-hmm. Um, but I go back to Genesis chapter 2, uh, what we call the creation ordinances, and uh, we'll be expounding uh, the section then on God's creation of Eve, institution of marriage, and the purposes of marriage, interacting there with the Westminster uh, Confession of Faith. It, these creation ordinances are so very important. In fact, I was telling Bill in the break that I redesigned my uh, Man and Sin course because I realized I was not giving really proper attention to the creation ordinances, so I've got a whole section now. But Sabbath work and marriage, in that order, and I think what we've seen in the culture is that uh, first the Sabbath went, and part of the Sabbath ordinance is a work ordinance. Six days you labor and do all your work. The seventh day is this day of holy rest. And so the work mandate, when Adam's placed in the garden and told to keep it and cultivate it, is interacted with the Sabbath mandate. The Sabbath goes, um, man's whole concept of work begins to go, hmm. and when work goes, the family goes. And so we've seen this in the welfare state, where the state pays women to have uh, children without fathers. And you've got these third-generation families. You've got women who will say, my mother forced me to have children so we could get welfare checks. You've got the absentee uh, father uh, increasingly. I mean, I'm appalled at the—it's not in any one particular uh, ethnic background, the illegitimate right now in— uh, American culture is uh, its astonishing, appalling, and, and very frightening. Yep. And so traditional marriage went along with the, the role of, of the sexual relationship when recreational sex with the uh, sexual revolution uh, came in, ignoring, again, God's design, not just for marriage, but God gave the gift of sexual relationships to marriage. And so ignoring marriage on that level was the first kind of chink in the wall as uh, the sexual relationship became divorced from marriage. Um, That led then to the first breakdown in the family, then adultery, 
and no-fault divorce so that people could divorce for any number of reasons and people were having sexual relationships outside of uh, their marriage relationship. Um, (coughs) Now, with uh, those two things going on, the marriage relationship is no longer that important, and so people are much more um, satisfied to live together uh, rather than to establish a covenant uh, in marriage. And I can remember in my ministry in Houston exactly when it occurred when a visitor, a couple to the church for the first time on a visitor's card, put different names in the same address. Hmm. That had not happened before about the middle uh, of the, uh, the 1980s. Uh, or the couple that actually came to Christ that were in my study, and, and I'm dealing with them about the law, and we're not so bad. And I said, well, uh, you're living together, aren't you? Hmm. Well, yeah. You know what the Bible says about that? No. I explained that to them, and, and the Spirit blessed that, and they came under conviction of sin and were converted right there that evening in my study. And so I said to him, I said, well, Brett, I said, we can, you know, if you're sincere, you know, you're going to have to move out tonight. And you can come live with us until I marry you all. I said, my mother mother lives in town. I go home. He went home. Their friends told him they were crazy. And then I was crazier. But that's where things were now in the middle of the 80s. Um, Then pornography uh, on the rise. And when it got in the Internet with the explicit sexual, well, by God's grace, I've not seen it. But from what I understand, explicit sexual relationships, uh, XXX rated type movies, um, that has just uh, spread like a, a wildfire. So sexual appetites now are no longer satisfied, and thus we go to perversions. And that's what Paul tells us happens, though. You suppress the law, suppress the Sabbath, suppress work, suppress proper role of sex. God gives you over to your idolatry. And so now we have the uh, uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender problems in our country and a a Supreme Court ruling that uh, marriage between two men or two women is, in fact, a constitutional right. All of this comes out of ignoring uh, the creation ordinance of God's design for marriage. So... um, I begin with that in order to show uh, why God created Eve in the way that he did uh, and the institution of marriage, the permanent nature of marriage, the monogamous nature of marriage, as well as the purposes of marriage, and that is to lay a foundation. Now, the next speaker, Gary Bates, is with the Christian Ministries International, and he is actually CEO of uh, them and has written on the evolution connection and gay marriage right or wrong. And he will be lecturing then on gay marriage right or wrong. I wish you, I wish you, if you don't mind me interrupting, I wish, this is probably a personal thing, but gay marriage, I wish it said homosexual marriage. I didn't get the title. Um, He did. Yeah. um, Take it up with him. I agree. Yeah. It's another word that we've lost. Yep. And uh, it's it's wasn't a great word anyway, but no. But they use it no. as as a as a positive 
expression well, and and so i've always they know preferred. they're not happy so let them use a word they cannot yeah. create happiness well so. it's a rhetorical right. it's a rhetorical question anyway uh, right or wrong obviously we're at the conference that we're going to address it from the perspective of the biblical aspect right. and and it's wrong um regardless no, what the supreme right. court says right so yeah and uh i think i've addressed that on our podcast yep. faith and practice many that times this is a place where i think that um christians need to uh violate the law uh, in any number of ways. Well, the, the woman in Kentucky, it yeah. was a Kentucky. Um, right. You know, there was big, big rancor and discussion about whether she was, you know, she, should she have quit her job instead of uh, doing what she did? And, and, and yeah. I, of course, it didn't I help could, that she I, was triple divorced and No, and that. but that, anyway. that's what usually happens. When yeah. you take a stand for something, they're going to dig out all your skeletons, and it, we all have them. Uh, and so they're going to dig those up, and, and somehow that's supposed to logically defeat what you're doing over on the other side. It's absurd and well, makes no sense. But I don't agree with you there. No? I think adultery is worse than homosexuality. Well, homosexuality is a form of adultery. Yeah, but adultery is – well, no, because homosexuality can take place as fornication. Yeah. But it's always – in the Ten Commandments, you get the chief sin. Yeah. And then everything else comes out of that. And so recognize homosexuality as a perversion that God gives people over to. But it's because for years we have lived with adultery in our celebrities and in Hollywood yep, and, and now in our marriages yep. that uh, we and, – and that's why I think the church has legitimately been criticized for being homophobic because we weren't as strident about adultery mm. as we are homosexuality. Yep. No, I agree with and that. So that's why this woman, as an adulterer, if she were, yep. then we've got a double standard that doesn't work. But let's say she was converted after being an adulteress. I don't know her background. Yeah, me neither. And I trust that she was. But she operated on Christian principles. So, well, there's our first digression. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about off-air how we were going to do this. but And, and, and again, I mean, it, it, the whole issue, um, it, it's extremely disturbing. I mean, my wife made the comment recently uh, that, you know, there's no shame anymore um, That's... in American culture. Uh, TV programs promote this, and, and we don't have any problem watching it, even if we're watching it with a blind eye, as it were. We're not adopting it. We're still giving some attention to it because we're watching these programs on TV, and I'm not making rules for anybody. Yeah, you, that's right. you know I'm not making rules. Yeah, you know, that's you know I've I've quit. I mean I don't believe in boycotting or trying to get the church to organize the boycott, but I've quit eating at places that use uh, sexually explicit advertisement like Hardee's. I like a Hardee's hamburger. Oh, my wife but, she can't stand it. But with their advertising, not only are they trying to entice men, they're debasing to women. Absolutely. And why go to such a place? But that's or no shame. Uh, you know Tim Tebow's girlfriend breaking up because he wanted to stay chaste. Yep. I couldn't believe what one would have the nerve uh, to go public with that, you know. But that's where we are with no shame. We are, and and and, and as you've indicated, we're receiving the due consequence of our errors. Right. Uh, you know, it's. And I heard a speaker, I think back when I was in college, uh, on fornication uh, from First Corinthians uh, six. Every time a man or woman has a sexual relationship with another person, they become one with that person. So what you're getting with recreational sex is fragmented personalities. Yep. And we don't realize how destructive recreational sex is to the person uh, as well. So that's why we would begin here, because we'll get into not just God's design for marriage, but that will also include God's design then for the sexual relationship. Yep. And then, and then I'm sorry, um, 
All right. We're good. Can we move on? Um, yeah, what I want to do is kind of – so we've been asked to have more preaching. And uh, so what we've that's why I'm opening with a sermon, and then we have the two evening sermons. Good. You answered my question. Are you going to preach or lecture I'm, that? I'm preaching. Outstanding. Uh, then Ian Hamilton will be preaching uh, the Tuesday evening, which is always a preaching service. And this will be the husband and wife relationship, the maker's instructions. And, 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 and I've asked him to do that in Ephesians five. And just want to point out that that if you do, if you're, if you're not able to come to the conference, but you live in the area or you want to drive into Greenville, the evening lectures are free. Um, you can just come. And then if you don't live in the area, they're going to be live broadcast on Sermon Audio. That's cor- that's right. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. So Sermon Audio is going to li- uh, live video cast it. And by so. the way, they always have a table. Yep. Uh, and these are people for you to get to know, and your churches need to be taken advantage. I'm really surprised now, in a pleasant way, almost any place I go now, Reformed churches, they've, they've got their sermon audio accounts, and I think that is just great. Uh, we don't need celebrity sermons out there. We need the everyday preaching of, of the Word of God. Yep, absolutely. So Dr. Hamilton will be doing that Wednesday night, and then— um, Tuesday night. I'm sorry, Tuesday night. And then Dr. Joel Beakey, who I'll be— we will be interviewing in a few weeks on his conference subject, and we'll deal very specifically with this uh, question of sexual intimacy in marriage. Um, and Joel's written on this, and he's yep. done a good bit now of speaking on this. And it'll be practical, but it'll also promote piety. So yep. uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, his uh, his doing that. And then Dr. Backus is going to deal with an issue that is absolutely necessary. Now. I've alluded to this matter of, while ago of, of pornography. He's going to be dealing free at last, counseling those dominated by the sin of pornography. The statistics are appalling. In the church, it's almost the same number of people as outside the church. And increasingly now, women also are using... Soft porn. Uh, online pornography. Uh, and this is of epidemic proportion. And it's a powerful tool of Satan. A professor, at, I think it was the University of North Texas in Denton, uh, did a sociological study. And he came to the conclusion that uh, society's acceptance of homosexuality has come out of uh, men's addiction to pornography. Mm-hmm. Part of that's their shame. Part of that is the insatiable appetite now for uh, kinky, perverted sex. And so all the standards are, are down. So it's not that they're that – there's still – a homosexual is still a very, very minuscule part of the population. Yep. But you would think that it was 30 or 40 percent of the population. It is simply because Americans have become uh, accepting of this. And pornography – has played a great role in that acceptance, as well as the destruction of men and women and the destruction of uh, marriage. Uh, Dr. Bacchus is a good friend of mine and the seminary. He lectured for us a couple of years ago at the Winter Summer Institute on uh, reconciliation. Uh, he is a, a trained uh, biblical counselor and really looking forward to his, uh, his lecture. It should be quite useful. Yes, as am I. Um... And so important, 50%, I think, is the number you're looking for, um, of ministers, 50% have admitted to dabbling in some way 
with pornography. And and you, you mentioned know, you mentioned the women pornography issue. I mean, I was I was just thinking about these romance novels that women. Well, for years, yeah. You know, and and they're getting more and more driven in that direction. And um, then then what hap- when it ends up happening is they, they start playing this comparison game. Okay, well, how come my marriage isn't like that? How come my husband's not like that? How come my wife's not like that? And you start to see how destructive it ends up being because you, you get painted this pretty picture of how it could be, whatever, um, some fantasy mentality. And then you start playing this. How come? Then you start trying to work it out in your own marriage. It becomes destructive because that's not how it is. It's, and, and yeah, so, or you've got couples... Uh, using pornography to supposedly help their own sexual exactly. relationship. And it can't. It it's can't. It's going to destroy it. No, it'll destroy it. Well, more. we could talk more all day on this subject. Dr. Shaw is going to do a so, piece. Yeah, they were doing, uh, he's going to do the family worship in the Reformed tradition, which has basically been the Reformed tradition that has uh, promoted and uh, motivated the whole area of uh, family worship. Mm-hmm. And again, family worship is on the decline in our churches, as is pastoral care. Uh, my wife, uh, raised in the Southern Baptist culture, said that, in, and everybody she knew was, quote, a Christian. Um, one time in her entire experience was she in a home where a father actually did family worship. Hmm. So uh, it is foreign has historically been foreign. I do think the homeschool movement has probably introduced the concept outside of Reformed and Presbyterian uh, circles. But it's a very important issue. It's actually the Westminster Assembly addressed it and have a directory on family worship. In the Church of Scotland, when they adopted the Westminster Standards and these other documents, uh, it became a, a dismal offense. Yep. If a man, after instruction and encouragement, refused to lead his family in family worship, and uh, it's a wonderful way. Uh, Machen's uh, testimony was that because of his mother catechizing him, that he knew more theology as a teenager than the guys that were coming to study under him at seminary. That's amazing. So I'm looking forward to uh, Dr. Shaw's. Uh, uh, lecture on family worship, and and we'll be interviewing as it were. We'll, Doctor Shaw and I will sit down, and and he'll do most of the talking, of course. Um, but he's going to present um, a, in summary fashion what he's going to be doing at the conference on the podcast in a few weeks. So you can look forward to more specifics on that area um, as well. And in addition, Doctor Beaky has written extensively as well on the subject of family worship. So the, it, the material's out there. You just got to take a advantage of good it. resources now. Yep. Yes. Just, in fact, the seminary, our press has published the, the anthology taken out of the Westminster Director of Worship, mm-hmm. kind of modernized it and made it a bit more applicable to our day. Yep. And then, of course, Doctor Piper, you'll be doing another. Evening. This is a free one. Wednesday evening uh, sermon, and uh, this is God's nursery, and I'll be dealing then with the uh, uh, nurture of children, uh, Mm. which is obviously key to the whole matter as well. Then the purpose, one of the purposes of marriage, is not just having children, but to have a godly seed. Yep. And but that doesn't happen because they're born to us and baptized, it happens because God's entrusted to us responsibilities. So. And, and I think one of the, the reasons we see the church maybe anemic in some ways, in a lot of ways, is because of this issue. Where oh, yeah. are the generation that we're raising is not, we're not passing it on, which is part of our covenantal vows as parents to nurture our children 
And so the church will be stronger because they'll be equipped to carry the work on, and we're not doing it. Right. And so I'm assuming that's you're going to deal with some of that, I hope. Yeah, I will. Uh, and piggyback on what you said, so many of our churches, they're, the youth programs are entertainment hours mm-hmm. and not discipleship and yep. service. One of the things I'm very thankful for is the church where I was converted in Pensacola had a very vibrant youth program, but the focus was on study and uh, ministry, mm-hmm. fellowship. We played, had a good time together, but the youngsters out of that group went into the ministry. I don't, I don't know any other church has ever had mm. that kind of uh, track record, and I've, some of that goes right back to uh, what was done with us uh, as teenagers. Yep. I remember my youth, it was mostly that goof-off hour. And, well, <laughs> I could go down a rabbit trail with that one. We won't. Um, but then um, Dr. Phil, uh, Dr. Rick, uh, Richard Phillips will be um, preaching, I hope, um, again, Thursday morning, 9 o'clock, on uh, biblical wisdom for courtship and marriage. Very important subject. Um, I wrestled through this when my oldest daughter uh, became of age and was um, being attracted to uh, a future husband and went th- wrestled through all this. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that discussion even though i'm outside of that now um in my life but many aren't but as a pastor you won't be and uh, dr phillips and his wife have written a book on this so oh they're really a... looking forward to i didn't know that so you must read the book before you interview him well i don't think he's on the slate he needs to, <clears throat> he needs to be he needs slate. to be on the slate um you hear that yeah, he, mr Presley? yeah he's hopefully driving safely now you're uh, probably asking what does this last thing have to do with uh dr mcgraw uh Marriage, family, and sexuality. Well, those who know Dr. McGraw know you can't talk to him without – without No, without your – Life and Theology <laughs> John, of John, John Owen, Owen. <laughs> and the 4th Anniversary Appreciation. Yeah. It has nothing directly to do with the topic of the conference. But we, uh, we do like to do historical, historical theological lecture at each conference. And because this is the anniversary of Owen, um, and Dr. McGraw is an Owen expert – Mm, and mm-hmm. a very good practical uh, yep. lecture. Uh, I went to the faculty and asked that we uh, add this one simply to honor Dr. Owen, who's had a tremendous influence in, in uh, Dr. McGraw's life and in my life, amongst others, Dr. Beakey. So, well, we're going to be interviewing him as well um, on that subject in okay. er- early February. Good. So it's going to be uh, a really uh, good conference and then just a little preview, 2017, you might recognize that 17 number. Something happened in 1517. Luther nailed the theses to the Wittenberg door and began in God's providence the Reformation. So we're doing a Luther Reformation conference. In, What's that, 500 years? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 500 years. Wow. And uh, we're doing – we've got – Two Luther scholars coming in along with Dr. McGoldrick, our Dr. McGoldrick, who's also an expert in Luther. So we will have four lectures on Luther and the Reformation, but then we're going to have five sermons Mm. on the solos of the Reformation. Oh, outstanding. So again, this will be a conference. Yes, we'll have some lectures, but we will be focusing again uh, on preaching. So put that in your calendar now. That's a very, I think, a very exciting uh, conference in um, March yep. of 2017. 
And, and, and just to encourage you, this this conference coming up is is. I've been at the seminary for this will be my fifth year. Um, I took a little bit of a longer track than most guys for many different reasons, but I've been to six. I've been to six theology conferences, and not to downplay the other five that I went to, they were all good. This one, though, um, this this one's critical. Uh, it, it speaks not only to the life of the church, but it speaks to the life of our country. It speaks to it is the it's one of the central issues that drives or destroys mm-hmm. a culture, and we're seeing it before our very eyes. All you have to do is watch and look, and our kids are being infected by this garbage that's being promoted because we've lost what God's design for this is. This right. is a huge conference. Get here. Yeah, and it, pray and pray for us. Pray for the conference. Pray for those who labor behind the scenes to, to make this work. And there's a lot of things that go on that nobody ever notices, um, but they benefit from. But pray for the speakers because I wouldn't be surprised. I said this in a staff meeting. I wouldn't be surprised if we had people um, protesting our conference because okay. of the subject that we're going to be dealing with. So we'll have the cliffs out there to do some outdoor witnessing. Yeah, well, we got our street preachers all <laughs> lined right. up, ready to go. So and and they'll do it. Uh, and and but pray for us. But come and 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 participate. Get behind it, and and then put into practice the things you hear. Don't just listen, but do uh, the things you hear. I think someone said that once before. Let me say uh, also. I said this in, in our faith and practice uh, podcast, but uh, last year we went back to a, a church discount. Uh, if three or more families from your church attend the conference, we have very special cut rates, and you can contact Ms. Benson uh, for that group rate information. It's in the brochure, bbenson at gpts.edu, or call at the seminary number, 864-322-2717, 864-322-2717. Do that before February 19th. But I know some churches came last year and took advantage of that. And really, it's for the benefit of your congregation then. Yep. Because it's uh, it's helping strengthen the congregation, helps strengthen the fellowship uh, amongst the members. They've got these other things now in common to talk about mm-hmm. and to uh, encourage each other. So I'm very excited about the uh, church discount and then the prospective student uh, discount as as well. And then I think we also have family. I don't know what the family rate is, but we've got some type of um, – I thought maybe a family thing as well. And then we have child care uh, provided for children under four, and that's $50 per child and covers all of the sessions. You need to register uh, for that. Mr. Hills mentioned that the nights are free, but if you only come for one day, we have a one-day type registration as well, and you can take advantage of that. So there's no reason not to come and put myself on a big limb. <laughs> I've been known to uh, give some uh, scholarships. And occasionally we have somebody that plan on coming and cancel and rather than get the money back, they said, just, you know, use this for a scholarship. So if you really want to come and you just financially it's impossible to pay the, the full amount, uh, please uh, Contact Miss Benson, and we'll do whatever we can do to help yeah, her, you as well. Her email address is bbenson, uh, bbenson, it's all one word, at gpts.edu. Um, if, if you're an online junkie, uh, the website is gpts.edu forward slash conference. 
And that's where all the information Dr. Piper just said is all there as well. So, um, but sessions, you know, give your pastors a few days off, as it were, a study leave to come to this. This is huge. And, um, well, I'm not going to keep saying it. It's just really important. And um, the life of the church really depends on the family at the end of the day. Uh, no family. We have no future generations that's going to carry the gospel forward. Now, we know that that will never happen because Christ has promised that. But it um, doesn't mean in, in the United States it's going to continue. Could, it could continue in Africa where it's thriving. Um, the gospel is thriving. So um, anyway, but pray for us if you can't be here. But be here. Uh, be a lot. Pray and come. <laughs> it would be the best plan. And uh, you have the lineup. We've gone through it, um, I think, in detail. Any closing remarks other than come? Just uh, pay attention to the f- subsequent podcast. Uh, Bill will have most of these speakers uh, on in the next few weeks. Yep. And uh, you'll get more of a hint of what's going on. And then listen, we usually will do a broadcast on the Medford show and then on another uh, radio broadcast here in Greenville. We used to get two or three of us on that one as well. So. Yep. Um, and we'll try to get that ahead of time posted on the website so you all can get word around on that as well. Yeah, Janet Mufford is what you were referring to, a national syndicated mm-hmm. um, um, program. be nice to put this thing on there. I had the chance to do that once, um, but uh, uh, something about the live part, even though we're doing this live. <laughs> something about live is if you, what you say it said. It, you can't come back and undo it. But anyway, um, coming up on the program, I've already told you, um, we're, we're, we're focusing for the next month and a half on the podcast pretty much on um, conference speakers and their subjects, so family worship, um, sexual intimacy in marriage, those kinds of subjects, Dr. Beaky, Dr. Shaw, Dr. Backus, hopefully he's, he's, he's been asked. Um, Dr. Phillips. McGraw, Dr. McGraw, we haven't got Dr. Phillips lined up yet, but that will probably happen now that we've been urged in that direction <laughs> um, by, the, Gary Bates? by the boss. Uh, I think we've contacted him. Most of the, most of the guys have been contacted one, in one way or another, I believe. Um, but anyway. Let me, uh, speaking of Christian Ministries International, Seminary is going to co-host uh, this month, uh, Thursday, the uh, 20, is it 21st, let me calendar up here, with... The local creation studies group, a CMI lecture is going to be over to mm-hmm. deal with some of the uh, philosophical, practical problems of evolution. So that's on Thursday, the 21st of January, and that will be here on campus at 7 p.m. So if you're in the area, uh, plan on coming, and usually they have a good book table out that night as well. And so that should be a very useful time. I forget which speaker's coming, but CMI speakers are always all very useful. So put that in your calendar as well, and we'll see you over here on Thursday night, January the 21st. So be sure you get this aired before January the 21st. Yes, it's it's lined up before that. And I just got word from my assistant that we do have Dr. Bates scheduled. So uh, he's on top of things a lot better than I am. I'm glad I have a calendar because um, that's how I find out. And um, But anyway, so... Look forward to those podcasts. Pray for us as we prepare this conference. Um, come, please, register. Um, it, it's very reasonable, and you get far more than you paid for. I, I guarantee that. So um, you'll benefit from it in many ways. Get your churches behind it as well. So 
but you thank you for listening this has been i would say a huge advertisement commercial <laughs> info but more what we call infomercial. infomercial but more far more entertaining than the ones you see on tv yuck um but anyway would you thank you for listening to this particular edition of confessing our hope the podcast of greenville presbyterian theological seminary and god bless